Yeah, it is on your handout if you don't bring your Bible to church. <clears throat> First Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise thy youth. Wait, wait, let's read that together. First Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. All right. Last week we talked about, I mean, well, not last week, two weeks ago, we talked about which one. Some of you guys were at a soccer game. But what did we talk about? We talked about charity. Yes. What is the key? What? Actually, that was two weeks ago. That's why I said two weeks. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, guys. On charity, I told you guys the difference between charity and love. If you were here, what is the difference between charity and love? Remember, we always use them interchangeably. That charity is love, but there is a slight difference in charity and love. You probably won't Google it. All right, let me tell you, since you slept a couple times since then. Charity, if you read charity in the Word of God, charity always refers to my relationship with people. Charity never refers to my relationship with God. So charity has to deal with, it is not just I give money to the poor, it is not that I give money to underprivileged kids, it is that I have a love, a devotion, affection for those in front of me. We talked about what charity brings. That charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. How does charity look? So if you missed it, grab a handout, or you can go back and listen to it however you feel like you want to do. But tonight we're going to spirit. Now, the key to spirit is this. The, spirit, the word spirit here in 1 Timothy 4.12, I'm going to dive into it in just a second. But it's a huge word in the word of God. Because the word spirit can stand for the Holy Spirit. It can stand for the triune of the human being, the body, soul, and spirit. It can stand for, in the Bible, it can mean breath. It can mean a lot of things in one word. So, as I studied today, I dug down deep in the word spirit because, I mean, it's used, the word is used a gazillion times in the Bible. And then you have to figure out which one. And I had to went through and read almost every passage that has the word spirit and find the context and see if it's the spirit that we're talking about here. So as we go through the word spirit, this is where we're going to bring ourselves to, this definition of the word spirit. Spirit is an attitude that spreads throughout feelings or actions, a state of mind regarding something. Spirit is an attitude that spreads throughout feelings or actions, a state of mind regarding something. Now, this is what I want you to understand about spirit. Just as charity, we would call it almost a synonym toast crunch, no, we would call it a synonym of love, even though they're not, but we call them their clothes. Spirit has to do with attitude, all right? Your spirit. So what I'm going to challenge you tonight as we go through this is to be an example of the believer in your spirit, and for break it down simply, Attitude. Alright? Now spirit is this. Spirit is important, but as we talked about last time, we talked about, I mean a couple weeks ago, we talked about conversation. Your actions are key in people seeing Jesus Christ in you. I hope you don't disagree with me with that. Your actions are key with people seeing Jesus Christ in you. Your spirit, your attitude, is what's gonna make your life doing those things that God has asked you to do, enjoyable, all right? You can do the right things 
with the wrong spirit. People do it all the time. You can do good things with the wrong attitude and live a whole life. There are people right now that live in marriages and they have been married for 50, 60 years. And they're in marriage with the wrong spirit. They're doing the right thing. They wouldn't divorce. They wouldn't separate. They wouldn't go out of the same house. They still believe that I believe in marriage. But they, look at, they live through their marriage and pretty much the wife does one thing, the husband does another thing, but they are still married. Now, that is not the kind of marriage I want. And I hope that's not the one, hope that's not what you guys are wanting one day. A marriage where I really hate marriage, but I'm just going to endure. I hope she dies soon. <laughs> I, I hope they die soon because I can't get divorced. I mean, divorce is wrong, but I'm going to live on. You can do good things with the wrong spirit. But see, what's going to make your, your life, not only as it relates to others, see Jesus Christ, but makes your life more enjoyable to live is when you become an example of the believer in your spirit. Now, once again, I preached at GCS a little while ago, and I, asked, I told you guys I'm going to give you a dumb illustration. So this is my dumb illustration. If I multiply anything times zero, what do I get? Zero. So if I have one billion, and I times it times zero, I get zero. zero. All right. Now listen to this right here. You're going to need to get this about spirit. The wrong spirit negates every good action. All right? The wrong spirit negates every good action. Now, I can obey God's word. You know what? I am not going to steal. I'm not going to whatever, fill in the blank. But I'm not going to be happy about it. There are people, especially young people, that will stay pure all the way till they're married, but their spirit is not in accordance to their actions. And I'm going to tell you this every time. Good, a bad spirit negates every good action. The Pharisees. A lot of good stuff. We were walking to Jerusalem right now, and we looked at the Pharisees, and we say, wow, those are the most spiritual people they gave. 10% all they had. If you saw a Pharisee, you would see them stop on the side of the road, praying on their knees, praying to God, asking God to help Israel. Doing good things. I mean, if you want my Christian, if you want past Pastor Ferguson, and you were in Walmart, and you saw Pastor Ferguson on his knees, begging God to save America, you'd be like, wow, he's, he's really serious about how bad we are. I mean, he's in the middle, right in the middle aisle, like praying for America. And that's what the Pharisees would have done. But they did it in the wrong spirit. And so that's why when you ever hear Jesus talk negatively to any person, he calls them vipers. He calls them foxes. He calls them all kinds of crazy things in the word of God. You know why he calls them that? Because a wrong spirit Every time negates the right action. So how do I develop the right spirit? Here it is, the standard of a right spirit. Ephesians 4. Turn over to Ephesians 4 if you have a Bible. I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter number 4. This is why I want you to bring your Bible. Because this, 
You may not know it yet, but I've been saying a lot. This thing right here is the Bible, the key to your whole life. So you should bring it. Ephesians 4, 17-32 says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that she henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated in life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the, here's our word, spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So, we're going to read through the rest of it in just a second. But I want us to grasp this. This is all going to come down to how do I have a right spirit. Number one, on your handout there, the standard of a right spirit is this. I need to analyze my behavior. I put the verse down there. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk, in the vein of their minds, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Number one, to develop a right spirit and analyze your behavior. The wrong attitude... Wrong spirit will blind you to the destructiveness of wrong actions. Now, we've talked a little bit about this in Hook, Line, and Sinker, if you're here on Sunday mornings. But the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit, will blind you to the destructiveness of your actions. Now, I gave this, I gave the illustration in Hook, Line, and Sinker about people rebelling. rebelling. And they do stupid things when you rebel. People that say, you know what? We use this illustration in Hook, Lion, Sinker. I will marry who I want, and I'm going to prove to my mom and dad that I can. Now, from the outside, from us looking into that situation, we say, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to marry so my mom and dad won't want me just so I can spite my parents, but I have to live with this person. I have to roll over every morning and look at them in the face and breathe their stinking breath. And my parents are at home living the good life, and I'm thinking, I show them. Just like we talked about when uh, we talked about how sometimes when we commanded, if I told you I was going to command you to eat, and you were hungry, there'd be some people that would say, you know what? I won't eat. You're not going to tell me I'm going to eat. I just won't eat. I'll show you. As I unwrap my burger, put a little ketchup on that bad boy and eat it. While you're showing me, while you're showing me how you're going to really show me that you can't tell me that I'm going to eat. Now, watch this. The wrong spirit will always blind you to how dumb your actions are. See, there are people today that are on their way to a devil's hell. And I say that respectfully. They are dying in their sins without Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Their wrong spirit. I've been to church before. There's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. I'm not going back to church. Oh, I don't believe your Bible. And that wrong spirit is blinding them to the action they need to take because guess what? They're on the road to a devil's hell. But yet, their wrong spirit 
is blinding them from their actions and they're going that direction. The same thing happens in our lives. We get bent out of shape, the wrong spirit over the dumbest things. We had a conversation yesterday. Me and Pastor Scott, Pastor Toman, and Brother Steve Harmon, we were talking about Pensacola Christian College. And of course, since I graduated from there, all these things are being flung at me. Well, Pensacola Christian College has lots of dumb rules. Well, let me tell you a dumb rule. They told me dumb rule after dumb rule after dumb rule. And I'm not saying this at all to, like, to make fun of the people that were barraging me. So all of them were, but it was just a conversation we all had. And I was, this is a dumb rule, this is a dumb rule, this is a dumb rule, this is a dumb rule. And I said, yes. They may be dumb rules. But if I go to that school with the wrong spirit, I miss everything that God has me. I told him, I, I was like, when I was a floor leader, I had guys on my hall that had a closet full of shoes. And the rule came down that these certain shoes look like sneakers, so you could no longer wear them to class. You could wear them off campus, you could wear them there. But this kid has a closet full of shoes. Now I'm standing in his room with it. Aaron, you don't understand. This is so stupid. I can't believe that I can't wear these shoes to class. Buddy, you can be mad about those shoes all day, or you can pick one of the 80 other shoes that you have in this closet, and we can go on our different way. Like, your spirit, the wrong spirit, always will make you blind to your actions. You know what? I'm sorry that you think it's the dumb rule, but if you have to obey the authority that's given over you, you know what you do? You obey with the right spirit, and you move on. Remember I said, the right spirit, you can do the right thing, but the right spirit is going to make your life so much more enjoyable. And as we look through our lives, there are rules that our parents have. Your parents say, you cannot, or I want you to do this when you get. Oh, nobody else's parents have. I mean, nobody else's kids have to. Nobody else. Now, you can live your whole life with the wrong spirit and do the right thing. Your parents say, you've been by 10, and you come in every time, 9.59. <clears throat> I'm going to show them, but I did the right thing. And guess what? You're only hurting yourself. Because I guarantee your parents are, as long as you, if you come there at 9.59, and you walk in the door mad because you had to be here, your parents are going to say, glad you're home, good night. And they're going to go lay in their bed and have a good night's sleep. You know what you're going to do? Well, I showed them tonight. I showed them at 9.59. The right spirit, I mean the wrong spirit, blinds me to the foolishness of my actions. See, Paul's talking here and he says, guys, don't walk as the Gentiles walk in the blindness. They do dumb things. He's like, they live dumb lives. They give themselves over to filthy things. Why would you do that? You know why you do that? The wrong spirit. Because I just desire to live someone. Yeah. How would you disagree and yield with the right spirit? I think this is the key. Good question. Because the first thing comes obedience. Obedience always comes first. After obedience, you find the opportunity to ask why. Like, why do we do this? Like, I don't agree. Same thing right now. If Pastor Ferguson came here, all right, I'll give you a perfect example. Wednesday nights, Pastor Ferguson said, on the last Wednesday night of the month, I want you guys to pray out here. Now, I have no problem with that. I'm 100% behind that. I believe we're a church body. We're all part of church. And I'll just say I did. Okay? My, my first thing should be, yes, sir, we'll be there next Wednesday night. Now, when there's no hostility, 
No, I'm mad. In a spirit of humility, I come back and sit down later and say, Pastor Ferguson, I bring an alternative. I don't understand why we're doing this. Let me give you an alternative. Can we do this? And if he still says no, my attitude is continue what I'm doing in obedience. I don't believe, I believe the best example that I can think of right off the top of my head is Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, this was something that violated God, okay? So it goes in a whole different level when it starts violating God. Your, your parents say, do this, go kill your neighbor kid. Then, then, then all of a sudden, all right, we have other issues that we have to do other than it's not obey first. Mom, Dad, I just came back humbly to ask you, why did you have me kill the neighbor kid? These, these, do, not, these do not apply in those circumstances. But when it does not violate straight biblical truth, my goal is obedience first. Obeying at first with the right spirit. And then I always come back. Daniel, with the, um, the prince of the eunuchs, when he said, hey, this is the meat you're going to eat. Daniel never said. He did not get up in his face and say, I will not eat this. But the Bible says in his heart, he purposed that he would not do it. And this violates. So what did he do? He came back afterwards and said, this is, this is what I can do. Can we try to do it this way? And then bring an observation. The same thing, and I believe that's what I honestly believe. This guy's bottom of my heart. I'm not. I know that your parents aren't perfect. Aaron Bird's not perfect, and if you look in the mirror, you're not perfect. But the thing is, if you come at somebody with the, I'm going to prove to you why you're wrong. No one ever listens to that. I mean, if you came right now and you said, Pastor Burden, why don't we do this? And I said, Well, let me tell you why. And I told you, and you jumped in my face. And just started yelling at me and telling me why we should do such and such. You know what? My response is not going to be, oh, well, I appreciate your input. I had never thought about it that way. I'm going to say, everything you just said, negated. Please get out of my face. I'm not going to say you probably say that exactly that way. But in my mind, I'm going to think, no, I'm not doing anything. Anything that you had of any validity, it may have been a great idea. But because of the way you responded to me, I'm throwing it all out. I don't care. Same thing with your family. Who are your parents? Parents come up. Hey, I want you to do this. It's not like your parents are saying, oh, wow, I'm glad we had this discussion. No, they're going to say, go to your room. You're grounded. Whatever your parents say. Give them your cell phone. Whatever your parents say there. Why? Because it comes back to obedience first and humbly later. So there we go. So does that answer your question? All right. Good question. And if you might have anything else, raise your hand. Jump in this. Number two, renew your mind. So analyze your behavior because the wrong attitude will blind you to the destructiveness of wrong actions. Number two, renew your mind. Now, the word renew means this, to renovate. The Bible says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. A right spirit requires a renovation of my understanding that matches scripture. Okay? A right spirit requires a renovation of my understanding that matches scripture. Hang on with it real quick. As my wife said, we bought a house. Praise the Lord for it. And now, can, now I can stop walking around and saying like Jesus, boxes have holes, birds in the air have nests, but your youth pastor has nowhere to go. <laughs> but we, now that we have the house, there are things in that house, as my wife walks around, the people that had lived there before us, we we're going to be the second people to own the house, and they have lived there since what, 1954, 1958. So they have lived there since 1958. And so they have lived in this house the whole time. Now, I'm going to tell you, that in that house, 
there are some old things. The bathroom is like a weird blue. Ask Rachel, as soon as she saw it, she's like, that bathroom is ugly. <laughs> she was just holding it back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but now, now when we walk in this house, my wife says, hey, before we move in, since we don't have to move in, I want to renovate, pull out the old, and I want to redo this because I don't like the way it looks. Now, this, here's how you have a right spirit. You renovate your mind to look like scripture. Let me tell you why most of the time we have a wrong spirit. Because somewhere in our lives, we've missed truth and put it in a lie. All right? Almost every single time. My parents fill in the blank. Now, I'm sure my parents don't love me. My parents, they hate me. That's the reason they made me do this and this and this. Now, watch this. If I renovate my mind, the reason I have a bad spirit is because somewhere I have believed a lie. Now, it comes time for me to go in my mind and rip out and put in new of the Word of God so I can believe it. Some of us struggle with, let's say, things we watch on television. Let's put, the, let's put it out there. All right. Now, for me, when I was growing up, I remember... We went through a phase of Christianity and probably independent fellow Baptists where people would believe that you shouldn't have a team. Like they, I mean, pretty much you'd have preachers come in, like I told you guys before, they would take an axe to a TV on the stage. They said, this is what you do with a TV that starts blurting out the devil stuff. And then breaking the TV there. And like, it was like a big thing growing up. And I remember we had a TV and I remember I never, I didn't really watch anything bad. I'm being honest, like cause my mom like totally regulated what we watched. I mean, to the TV. And so I remember people coming, and they would preach about television, and I would shut them off for everything else they say. Because they say something, they get up in the pulpit, and they say, well, some of you just guys just need to throw your television out of your house. And so now, watch this. I have this preacher that's preaching something that doesn't even apply to me, because I'm trying to use the television in a good way. I'm not trying to, I'm honestly trying to do it right. But I would be mad. Why don't you preach the Bible? Why don't you stop doing this? And all of a sudden, my spirit is holding me back from receiving what God wants me to have. So you know what I have to do? I have to renew my mind. I want this. I go in to my heart. It's not his fault. It's my fault. And renovate, renew, take out the wrong Spirit and put in biblical truth. Right, there's a man, biblical truth says there's a man from the pulpit who's trying to help me. In my mind, I think he's the enemy. Why are you talking about what I want? But no, when I renew my mind, I pull out those old things and say, you know what? This is a lie. This is not the truth. And I have renovated with and put in the truth. I start to see it helps my spirit. You know what? Now, somebody can come, somebody can go to Trinity right now. Come preach with the auditorium on Sunday morning and they could talk about everything about TV. You should throw your TV out, blah, blah. And you know what? It wouldn't bother But you know what? I'm using the TV I got. I believe to the glory of God. Me and my wife have sat down and watched preaching on TV. I play video games every now and then on TV. I do not believe I'm using my TV in the wrong way. Not saying that I'm perfect. But I'm saying, I don't, you know what? Why? Because my mind's been renewed. It's been renovated. This is what we have to do in a lot of areas. Well, my teacher at school is, can I tell you? You might need to renovate your mind, renew, pull some things out, and figure out what truth is, because the wrong spirit blinds me from my actions, and my actions look fine. 
but they're not. So I have to renew my mind. And lastly, number three, I view the results. Now, I'm going to show you guys a beautiful picture of what it is to have a great spirit. And it's here, if you use 425.32. But go ahead and finish your last blank, and then I'll be done right after this. When right actions and right attitudes come together, it is a fabulous example of a believer. Now, when right actions and right attitudes come together, it is a fabulous example of a believer. Now, if you have your Bible, verse 25. All right, so this is, Paul is about to give us some illustrations, okay? This is a person that has had a wrong spirit, but they changed their spirit, and their actions changed with it. Watch this. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So he gives us a couple of them. He says, wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man the truth. So, before my spirit, I'd lie, think nothing of it. Or, I would tell the truth, but in the wrong spirit. He says, when I've renewed my mind, now I don't lie, I speak the truth. He goes on, he says, not only this, he says, now that I treat my, I'm angry and sin not. He says, I want you to be, change your whole perspective about this. Yes, sir. Truth in the wrong spirit. When you tell, when you have, I'm trying to think of an illustration to bring it down, but when you're telling, when you're doing what's right, you're living the truth, perfect. Growing up, there was a lot of things. Remember I, remember I told you guys in the youth group, in the area I grew up with, we did not believe in women wearing pants. Okay? So whether truth or not, okay, we're, we're going to throw the issue out of things. But if I believe that to be truth, and I come to you because, for sake of illustration, you're a woman wearing pants, <laughs> I knew you would like this illustration way too much. But, <laughs> but now if I come to you and I come and, I mean, just berate you. There's people, I know my wife said it, or her grandparents' church one time, a lady walked in, an unsaved lady walked in in pants. And the pastor went to her pants and pulled up my this and said, we don't wear these around here. Now, if... That is truth. Now, we're, we're not going to say whether it's truth or not, okay? I don't believe it to be truth. But I'm saying, if that is truth, that is the wrong spirit in which to give truth. You understand know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Right, or telling, explain someone the truth. Instead of saying, like, this is the way we do it, leave or whatever. This truth, I mean, well, whether we believe it to be truth, if I believe it to be truth, but I do it in the wrong spirit. Somebody can come in Trinity right now and carry an NIV. You know what? I use the King James Bible. I have reasons. I have lots of reasons I give you King James. But you know what? I'm not going to walk up to that person and say, hey, man, are you even right with God? Like, why don't you get for real? Grab a King James Bible like me. Why? Because that's truth, the wrong spirit. You understand know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Would it tie in like the same thing as like doing the right thing, like the wrong attitude? Right, exactly. Yeah, because that would be because I'm I'm Pharisee. 
like we talked about before, I'm doing the right thing, but like the, the Bible talks about the Pharisee and the publican, where the Pharisee goes up in the corner and starts to pray really loud. I mean, he goes up front and starts praying, God, I thank you that I am not as other man, as this publican over here, I do, and he starts to go through all he does, and the publican goes over to the corner and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, asked the Pharisee, said, which man went to his house justified? Now, he was doing the right thing. He was praying. They did it with totally wrong spirit. And so that's what we're talking about. Does that make sense? Everybody on the same page there? Good call. Thank you, Andrew. But as we go through, he goes on and says, um, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. So he says, not only do I stop, the right thing to do is not let corrupt things come out of my mouth. The right spirit says, but I'm going to talk which is good to edifying. So I'm not just going to not say bad things. I'm not going to just stop saying anything at all. I'm going to go out of my way to encourage. This is what the spirit, when I change my spirit, when I change the way I do things, when I renovate my mind, where it was negative, it's not that I stop. It's that now, man, I'm going to go out of my way to encourage someone. And when I may have pulled them down, talked about the mean, whatever, I don't just stop talking now. I'm going, my spirit has changed. The way I desire to do it, my mind's been renewed, so now I want to do things good. He goes on, he says, verse number 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Close with this. He simply says this. When someone does wrong to me, this is the greatest show of a right spirit. Someone does something wrong to me. I don't just forgive them which is the right thing. A right spirit is kind to them, tender-hearted, loving one another. See, this is what happens when I get the right spirit. Now, get this, I can go through my whole Christian life doing the bare minimum of what God's word tells me. God says I should forgive, I forgive you. But when I get my spirit and I renovate my mind and see biblical truth and change my spirit, it's always going to make my life more enjoyable. Instead, I'm just saying, you know what, I forgive you. I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to encourage you. Even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave me, I'm going to forgive you and live that way towards you. It's a change in my spirit. So watch this, guys. You can go through your whole life. You can go through this youth group. You can go through your Christian school. You can go through your public school. You can go to a Christian college. One day you can graduate from blah, 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 university. And you know what? If you go with the wrong spirit, you can make it every step of the way. You can go with the wrong spirit and do all of it. You can go to school with the wrong spirit and make good grades. You can go to the wrong spirit and win people to the Lord. You can make the wrong spirit and do lots of things. But when you put the right actions with the right spirit, you are a perfect example of what it is to be a believer. A believer says, hey, I'm not just going to forgive you. I'm going to love you and be kind to you. It's totally different than what our society tells us. So be an example of the believer in a conversation, 
and word and conversation and charity, and then as we talk about today in our spirit. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for these young people that are there attentive. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the questions. Lord, as we go through this study, Lord, I ask that you continue to work in my heart, Lord, about my spirit, Lord, and about all the issues of my charity and all these things. But Lord, I pray that we would be changed, Lord, that we adjust our spirits, Lord, not look at things for, through our negative, Lord, uh, lying blindness that we see things in, but Lord, to see them in the truth of your word, renew our minds, God, please show us truth and help us to live that way. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.